Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Uh, My name is Jonathan and um, it's a real joy for me to be the congregation leader in Worthing. Now in Worthing, which is kind of behind me, about 40 minutes in city. If when you get wet, you're at Worthing, right? If you keep going and I speak French, you've gone too far. Okay, so don't 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 go that far. Excuse me, parlez-vous français? Okay. Sorry, I thought it was somebody French. Um, but in Worthing, they're having their in-person service this morning, and uh, they just sent me a video, and it's like God is dropping in the room, which is great. But God is dropping in this room today. God is dropping in your room as well, watching. I know there's a lot on YouTube. You're really, really welcome. It's good to see you. There's a lot on our website. Yep. It's going to be a blessed time this morning. Uh, I, I, I was kind of asked to, to bring a message today. And to be totally honest with you, um, I was both longing to and also longing not to. I, I don't know about you. Uh, if you're kind of in, in the habit of kind of reading the Bible. Maybe you are, maybe you're not, I don't know. Uh, But I love the Bible, but I don't always love what it says to me. Does that make any sense? Like, love your enemies. Tipex. Love those who persecute you. Tipex. Oh, hello, Nick, is that you? Technology is a wonderful thing. Um, But I don't know about you, but I I don't know, I I just love the Lord. I just love Jesus. But when I was asked to do this, it was kind of a bit of a mixed feeling. So I want to take you all on a journey. Is is that okay for for some time? Um, Sorry, it's going to be a little bit personal. It's going to be a little bit about my journey. Um, But it's going to help set the context and the setting for what God wants to do. Because God wants to do something today. Not just be someone or say something, but to do something. Just about... 31 years ago, I know I don't look old enough, but it's true, is, is the Lord called myself and my wife and our entire family to leave full-time uh, employment, uh, massively um, fruitful job prospects, uh, all kinds of things that were like, well, I was set up. I was going to retire at 55. As you can see, I haven't yet done that. Uh, glory to God. I got refired instead. But the whole, the whole my career path was... I'm going to be able to do this, and I'm going to be able to work at that, and then at 55, that's it, get a boat, sail off somewhere. And God then spoke to us and said, I want you to come into this old house in the middle of nowhere and meet with the the God of this man, but through the man of God. Because we have recently said cheerio to a tremendous man of God. But I want us to meet the God of the man today. So I turned up, my wife turned up, two of our three children turned up in this place called Brophy Place, which is just over that way a little bit. And on our very first evening, brand new, uh, somebody stood up and said, right, it's so good that you're here. And we thought, really? Okay, we'll take that on face value. It's so good that you're here because in this term, we're going to start a church. We're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Woohoo! Yippee! I thought my diet is going to get blessed by that. I don't know whether the rest of me will be. But we had 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, I don't know what your prayer and fasting looks like. Maybe it fills you with joy. Maybe it does not. But my ignorance was bliss for me at that moment. I thought, that's cool. Uh, It means I can pray a little bit and I can stop eating between meals. (laughs) I thought, "That's, that's, that's okay. That'll work. I can do that. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here. And I don't have to wait between meals and I can just pray a bit. Without realising that I've stepped into an environment and an atmosphere that had been built for 50 years before that. And I stepped into an atmosphere where meeting with Jesus was so easy, and I'm saying this without undervalue, it was so easy, literally, I was going into the toilet and there was angels in the toilet. Which you might think, well, that's nice. It wasn't. It was not. It freaked me out. 
walk into the kitchen. I, I can remember, I, there is a point to this story. I can remember there was one person on staff, we had a whopping great big dome mixer, huge, it was massive. It was like you could probably live in it for a week. It was huge. And I can remember one of our staff, they, they were working in the kitchen and doing some stuff, and um, they, they just switched it off at the wall, but it kept spinning. They put the hand in it and just mangled it totally. Just, just find your hand. It doesn't matter which one. Left or right, doesn't look like it. But it was mangled. Just look at your hand. Find your hand. Just go on. Humour me. At home, if you, if you can do that, humour me. I can't see you, but at least we're not just looking stupid on the screen. Then we all are. That's cool. And I was in an environment where the very first thing this person said was, I know I'm going to go down to Pastor Connie. He's going to pray for it and it'll be fine. And guess what? She did and it was. Freaks you out. But I realised that not only had I come into an atmosphere of 50 plus years of someone investing in meeting with Jesus with a passion and opening up heaven with a passion, also there was something happening from heaven to earth and it was like, this is... This is nuts. I can remember turning up for breakfast and the, the people at, at the time were saying, we don't know where the food's going to come from. Let's just sit down and get ready. Hello. We thought we'd bring you some food today. That was the kind of atmosphere and environment that is in the spiritual air. Can I put it that way? I've lost count, particularly over these last few months. As many of you know, we, we've closed down Roffey as a building. Uh, it's been my joy and challenge, actually, to go around every single room, every room that most of you don't even know, some of you probably want to avoid, um, every single room and every single t place that I've been in every single room, I've met with Jesus in a fresh way. To generate a room. I went in there the other day and I heard God speak to me about power, about being switched on. It's like, what? And I checked my breath. No, it's not that. I've not been drinking. It's not that. I went into the next room, which had a load of cleaning supplies in it still. Uh, I, won't, I won't tell you in the name of someone. We had a student many, many years ago who was quite aggressive. He'd, he'd not had a particularly good childhood and he was a bit edgy. Uh, one morning at breakfast, he was, he's got a big guy, about six foot square, got a big guy and he was just really angry and I came in early and heard this sound from outside the room and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me you need to deal with it and it's like well he's up here and I'm down here and he's like that and I'm in it like this and I went in there and said mate can you just come with me a minute uh, without giving you all the details I locked him in that cupboard <laughs> I locked him in that cupboard with me And he got a bit aggressive and he started hitting the wall. He didn't hit me, thankfully. I said, Jesus loves you. And he wants you to know that. And there was him. This corridor, it's not very big. It's about 10 foot long and about 2 foot 6 wide, this little room with those stuff in it. And he suddenly began to meet with Jesus in the cleaning cupboard. With Dettol. You know, there are other products available. <laughs> and washing up and stuff. And I was in there the other day, and the Lord said to me, you remember when I clean, clean, cleansed? Cleansed, is that the right word? Remember when I cleansed that person? It's in the air. It's in the spirit. It still is. I was in the library as well. We, 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 without going into all the massive details, um, We've been so blessed with, as, as a church, how we've been at a resource, so many different people through how we're kind of redistributing the, the tremendous material wealth that there was at the Bible school. We've managed to support 10 families to get their bedrooms sorted out. We've helped to refurbish both YWAM centres at Homestead Manor. We've been able to set up and cooperate with two brand new charities in Crawley that have been in offices and had no furniture. We've just given it to them. Come on, this is cool. This is, you can thank the Lord for that. And I went to the library and the library was full of books and I wasn't an avid book reader. I liked to kind of do the book rather than read it. And we've been able to supply uh, over many, many months now loads of books to a lovely couple that run a Christian bookshop in Brighton. And they're sending it and they're, they're getting blessed by that. that. That's not me, it's us. Because the atmosphere that we live in is one of being generous. What I'm trying to show you is there are things 
that we're sitting in that are already there spiritually, but we don't always live in them. So here's the scripture. There's loads, all right? Luke, Luke's been up all night putting these scriptures up. Forgive me, Luke. In the book of Romans, chapter 11, 28 to 29, you're going to have the whole of this verse up. Well, I want to pick up on the last bit. It says, as far as the gospel is concerned, in other words, in terms of people understanding what Jesus has done, some people are just never going to get it. But as far as election is concerned, in other words, God's got a choice, he's made a decision, he's, he's called and he's chosen certain people, and you are some of those people, whether you're in the room or whether you're at home. They are loved on account of the patriarchs. What does that mean? It means there is a succession of people that have gone before you and before me that have lived in God's love and expressed God's love so that I know what it looks like. I'll say that one again. There are people who were born years ago who have loved God, lived for God, met with God, served God, given for God, and they've, they've run their race so that I can now start mine. I'm going to say that again in a different way because there's only a few amens and you need to get this. There is a generation of spiritual heroes that you may never ever meet this side of glory that have prayed for you, fasted for you, wept for you, given blood for you so that you'll be here. Come on! But it's not because of the virtue of those men and women, even though they're heroes of faith, it's because of this. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. You can't revoke them, you can't recall them, they're not going to be repeated or annulled or altered in any way. In other words, the call of God on you, on us as a church, on us as a ministry, God doesn't want it back until it's done everything he sent it to do. So whether you're here for the first time or not, you come on a right day, I'll tell you. Because by the time we're done, man, you are going to receive something brand new in the Holy Spirit today. If you're watching online, so are you, and I'm going to show you the principle. Because over these 30 years, they've just been involved in this building and walking around it and picking up stuff, and it's like, God's all over it. How many of you know that when you touched God in the worship a few minutes ago, how many of you kind of felt the Prince of the Lord? Just put your hands up, humour me again. We've all done a shh, so it's all all right. But here's how it works, right? You touch God. Does that mean that God touched you then? Of course it does. So what you now touch has got a bit of God on it. Come on. So all of these years of pushing it to God in here, over there, all over the place, where God has touched me and I've touched something, that something has touched my God. All these ten families that have got these bedrooms, man, there's an anointing on those. There's a presence on those. Well, it's just a dining furniture. No, it's not. God's touched it. Because it was set apart for a purpose. Well, that's half of the word holy. Even a dough mixer was set apart for a purpose. That's half, half the word holy. The other half is it was set apart from... And it was set apart for, like you. You see, we are in a, we're in a whole new era that's rolling out. I don't know if, how many of you were here on Wednesday night at the encounter have seen it online. Hundreds of people have seen it online. But there is something God is releasing, which isn't just something fresh, it's something new. It's a new era. Why? Because the call... And the gifting of, the, of God are irrevocable. He's given them. He's released them. They're out there. They're in the atmosphere. What we just need to do is pull them down and let them out. I can remember, the, again, I was in one of the rooms um, in the main worship hall. The, main, the, the worship hall that is over at this other building wasn't there when the building was first bought. It was just a courtyard. And that, that building is an upside-down boat on purpose. Because that means everybody that's in there is kind of a bit of a disciple, a bit of a fisherman, right? And I can remember going in there for, for hour after hour after hour after hour, literally hours and hours and hours during this three weeks of praying and fasting, and I was just a bundle of snot and grot. <laughs> yippee. I paid good money to be as a school, and yippee. I thought that for about a second when I began to see who Jesus was and understand what Jesus had done. And he'd already done it. I just didn't get it. I can remember one evening, I don't know, about 
it wasn't even evening, it was about two in the morning, I think. A few of us down here, just a bit like this, we just had a bit of time with, with the Lord and worshipping. And God began to move in some of these gifting, this, this kind of gift which really God is stirring up. It's the gift of prophecy. What is prophecy? It's I hear God and I tell you what I've heard. All right, that's it. Simples. And people began to do that and there was all kinds of things coming out of these teenagers that had only known Jesus about six months. Some of them were 60 and had known him a year. So, some people, in, in the term that I was there, one person came, he, didn't, he wasn't even a Christian, he didn't even know who God was. He just came because he thought it would be good to read the Bible. Until Jesus came into his bedroom one night and sat down and explained what he'd done and why. He now leads a church. In fact, a lot of those people do. Can you use a, a biblical story? I don't want to preach on it too much because I know Pastor Clive is running with some stuff and he'll be preaching either next week or the week after. But I'm going to go into a story and show you a principle that I believe we're in. Is that okay? Because God always works the principle. It looks different from time frames to time frames, but he'll always love you. How he loves you might look different. He'll always forgive you, but how he forgives you might look different. He'll always use you, but how he uses you might look different. Does that, does that make sense? But the principle is the same. There's a story. It's going to come up on screen. This is a long, long, long scripture. Forgive me for that. I'm just going to read it, but comment on some. 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. And it's a story of these two. It's a transitional time. We have this guy, Elijah. Elijah, his, his name means Yahweh. Say Yahweh. Is God. Thank you. I didn't even ask you to say that. You said it anyway. Thank you so much. If you're at home, please say that. Yahweh is God. They still sit it in the room anyway, but it's fine. I don't mind. I love them. His, his name also released kind of what he did. He was a guy that um, he didn't speak very well. He came from the wrong part of the River Jordan. Uh, he had a bit of a lisp, all right? But it was fine because when he began to serve the Lord, God enabled him to do what he couldn't do naturally. And he was a guy that walked straight through all the bodyguards, straight into the enemy camp, stood in front of the president and said, mate, it's not going to rain for three, for three years. And then he scarpered. <laughs> Pretty cool, right? So he was very confrontational, but his name means Yahweh, he is God. Here it says here, when they crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, so here's a transition coming up, just a little bit of prehistory. At the end of Elijah's life, God has said to him, you need to do three things. And this is one of them. One of them is you need to go to this guy, Elisha, and, and pass on the succession. Because I'm not done yet. I'm finishing this season, and you're part of that, but I'm not done yet. So he goes to Elisha and he says, tell me, what can I do for you before I'm taken from you? I think Pastor Clive used this a little bit last week. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You've asked a difficult thing, Elisha said. He had. Actually, I mean, I haven't got time to go into why he had, but he had. But in principle, there was a law, it's still a law now, a law of principle, Judaic law, that the firstborn son in the family got twice as much as every other son. That was to guarantee the full part of the inheritance went through the firstborn. So basically what Elisha was saying was, I want you to see me like your firstborn son, not just your apprentice. How many of you know that Jesus sees you exactly the same way? He sees you and me exactly the same way. The Bible says it's like we're also amongst the firstborn sons. But that's why we have to be. Because God wants to give you a double portion. Okay, some of you missed that one. God wants to give you twice as much as you think you need. He does. He wants to fill your tank, not just for you, but for somebody else. Yes. He wants to fill you more than you can cope with. So to do that, we need to have this sonship relationship with God. If you see what I'm taking from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, so here we are, these two guys, one's an older guy, one's a younger guy, the younger guy giving up all of his history, all of his inheritance, all of his uh, potential for earning, he's burnt his oxen on the first, one of the first barbecues in the Bible, it's amazing. He'd done all of that, that's Elisha, and he'd left. And as these two walking along, and then suddenly, just say suddenly, 
I believe today, for some of you, it's going to be like a suddenly. We need some, don't we? We need some suddenlies to help us reflect on the normality that we can sometimes live in. We need a suddenly. We need God to do something suddenly. It's like, boom! It's like God isn't there just to shock us. He's there to shock us. (laughs) He wants to say, hang on a minute. You're going that way, but I want to do this. Suddenly, what appears? Chariot of fire and horses appeared and separated the two of them. See, we have two people walking. Then suddenly, horses and chariots on fire came and separated the two of them. Have you got the picture? This really happened. This is a story. It's a true story. Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Say whirlwind. 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 Funny, how many of you have seen a whirlwind? How many of you have been in a whirlwind? Look at you. Oh, we've got some here with actions and everything. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. It's, it's kind of uncontrollable but powerful. It's kind of fascinating but fearsome. It's kind of you know where they've been and you don't always know where they're going. Is that right? So it's horses and chariots and whirlwind. My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elijah saw him no more. So here he is. Elijah gets this fast escalator straight up to wherever he went to via a whirlwind. Boom. Here one minute. Patang. Gone the next minute. So now it's just one person. Have we all, have we all got this? You've got to get this. I can go through it again. But then we'll be here till tea time. Right. A little bit later. We got this guy. Which guy have we got left? Charles. Charles, it's good you're here. We've had horses and chariots of fire and we've had a whirlwind. Sure? Okay. When the servant, we're in uh, 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17 now. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning. I've lost count of the early mornings. I used to be a bit more of a lay-in person. Until I woke up a um, few mornings running and just felt I should get up and kind of go downstairs or go into a different room. And um, I didn't know why, I just thought I just need to get up early. I just need to get up before the day gets up. Actually, it worked out, um, which is fine in some parts of the, the year, but not in the others. But then as I kind of just prayed a little bit and just spent a little bit of time, I thought, with the Lord, it kind of moved from... Um, I'm not reading the Bible, the Bible's reading me. And it moved from, I'm not just kind of praying, but God's talking to me. And it moved from, I'm not just kind of praising, but he's here. And what freaked me out one morning was when I woke up, and I'm not into this stuff right normally, so I'm not here to say this is the only way. I woke up one morning and Jesus was sat on my bed. What? What did I eat last night? And Jesus just said, are you ready? Now, it's a stupid question because he knows the answer. And I wasn't. So we waited and he said, are you ready? And I got up and it was like he led me to, to, the, to, my, to the little room that I had. And he just talked to me out of the Bible. And I suddenly realised that if you've got, how many of you got a Bible, whether it's electronic, physical, that's Jesus on your bed. That is Jesus talking to you. And you may experience something like I have or something totally different, it doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that through the patriarchs, through the people that have gone before me, that have not just dug into the word, but let the word dig into them. People who have said more than, how much of the Holy Spirit do I have, to how much of the Holy Spirit has me. It opened up a new era. And we have this season where early in the morning... There was a, a, an army, a physical army of horses and chariots that snuck up overnight, sneaky the enemy. It'll sneak up overnight and you'll wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, I didn't feel like that yesterday. Oh, I didn't feel that yesterday. Uh, 
that's why we need to be a morning person. What I mean by that is that we wake up the dawn. What I mean by that is, well, we've spent time with Jesus in the day before the day spends time with us. So I'm not talking about our time of day. I'm talking about we're in an environment. This church is built on an atmosphere where being with Jesus is the first thing we do and the last thing we do. That's why it's called the Alpha and the Omega, right? The, the author and perfecter, the beginning and the end. And I suddenly realised, hang on a minute, if Jesus really is at the beginning and at the end, he must be in the, bit in the middle as well. How cool is that? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm a bit of a slow learner, right? And suddenly there's a penny drop. Boom! It was like a big boom. It's like, poof, flip. If it's the beginning and the end, it doesn't matter when I pray, he's going to be there. It doesn't matter when I kind of read the Bible, he's going to talk. Is that making some sense? But it's not because I've been brilliant, because I'm not. I know how thick and slow I am. But people have broken into that era. It's so annoying. And somebody like Pastor Clive and others can stand up and just, out it comes. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> I've read that bit a thousand times. And you say, it's like, what? Is that just me or is anybody else here? Anybody at home? If that's you, just, just let... Matt, are you on the chat again today? He is. I, sorry, I made a bit of a joke at the encounter where Matt was on the chat and I just called him Matt the chat and it stuck. But people seem to like it. I think it's funny. Anyway, the point is this. We have two. We have Gehiza, Gehiza, some geezer. Some geezer called Gehiza. Is that okay? And then Elisha. So there's a kind of a servant-master kind of friendship, relationship going on there. But the point is, is that Elisha was going to show him something. I want to show you something here as well. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant said. How many of you have had a time like that? Oh my God, what shall we do? Come on. How many of you had a moment like that? It's like, oh my God, what should I do? I just can't cope anymore. Rachel, there's only two of us here that are honest. <laughs> How many of you have just woken up or gone through the day and it's like, I just can't do that? Yeah, there's a few more hands coming up. We'll pray for the rest of you later. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them, Elisha prayed. What? <laughs> Get over yourself, man. Have you seen, have you seen the... What's going on in my life? Have you seen what's going on in my workplace? Have you seen what's going on in my marriage or my single? Have you seen it? Bless you. Elisha said, open his eyes, Lord. I believe God wants to do that with us today. In a fresh way, in a brand way. Open our eyes. Not that we're walking around blind, but we're not walking around seeing. Did you see what I did then? Because there are things that God has released and is releasing that we still need to see. They're there, but we don't see them. So here we go. Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of what? Well, fancy that. You see, the whirlwind went, but the horses and chariots never went. They went with Elisha. Did you know that? You already know that because you're clever people. But here's the point of that. The whirlwind indicates or symbolises the power, the essence of a move of God. It's really strong, but you don't know where it's going to go. It confronts sin. It confronts the enemy of God. Let's put it that way. It confronts things that are just not of God. It just, boom, it just, just the whole dynamic of the whirlwind of God just hits them and they have to disperse. But then you find the chariots, they're a sign of the power and the glory of God. Come on now, just stick with the story here. Here we have Elijah, his ministry had both. There was a, there was a lot of God, God did this, God did that, God shut up the rain, God make it rain. And then there was the goodness and the mercy of God. Elisha, and you probably all know this already because you are educated people here and online. But in the Bible, there's eight miracles for Elijah in the Bible and 16 for Elisha. That's evidence of twice as much. Did you know that? You know that now. There's eight recorded miracles, creative miracles, healing miracles of Elijah and 16 for Elisha. What does that tell us? It tells us that what Elijah carried, what he'd released in the spirit, his faithfulness, obedience, his challenges were all there for Elisha to live out of. 
the challenges that Elisha had. He, he prophesied some lady would, would have a baby, and they did, and then suddenly this baby just died. What did he do? He sent his servant off, he had a go, and Elisha turned up, and what did he do? He went eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose, nostril to nostril, face to face, palm of hand to palm of hand, and just said, Lord, have mercy, and boom, this person came back to life. That's what revival looks like. Revival is putting back to life something which was alive and isn't now. We're in an atmosphere where revival is in the spirit. It looks like that. The people that you meet face to face, meet them seeing the power and the glory is at work in you. Not just that they need it, but God's given it you for some reason. Is this, is this a bit too much for a Sunday? Because I'm just sharing a story, right? If it's not even preaching, I'm chatting. I haven't started preaching yet because the volume will go up a bit. And then the spit goes a bit, which is why there's an anointing on the front row. It's hallelujah. But John's used to it. He loves it. He just catches it, bottles it, sells it. Hallelujah. <laughs> he looked and saw this. The whirlwind is about the move of God, the power of God, but the, the chariots are the, the glory. Oh, the glory of God, the fire, the looking at God and at one minute and you come up the next because he's just so brilliant. There's such brilliance in the face of Jesus. Such purity, goodness and mercy and love. And yet he still says, look at me. So as a people here in the room, across the locations, guys that I know are tuning in online. Man, we're in a heritage of people who meet with Jesus. It's part of our history, our heritage. It's in the well of our salvation, if I can put it that way. For those of you that are online, you might be thinking, oh, because we're going to pray in a minute. I don't know about you, but I, I want to see something that I haven't seen, but I know it's there. Amen. Man, I want to see the glory of God in the land of the living. Just check your pulse. If you can feel it, that's for you too. If you can't, we will raise you up. I want to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. Well, that means my land then, the land that I am living in. Not just this land, this is just like a, a city in the land. No, my land is the whole of the south coast. I want to see the goodness of the Lord there. Don't you want to see it where you are? Yeah. Well, I believe God wants us to. I believe he's already released a measure of it. We just haven't seen it. But we're going to pray in a, in a little while, a few minutes, all right? We're going to, we, we will land this thing and launch it at the same time. There's a funny dynamic here, and I've seen this operate many, many times. I just want to get the principle of Scripture in case you think, oh, that's, that can't be good. We're going to go back a little bit earlier in the, in, the kind of, in the Bible to the book of Numbers, Numbers 11. Numbers 11. And there's a couple of characters here that just make me laugh. When I first heard their names, it's like only God could come up with names like Eldad and Medad. And I used, I used to kind of take the rise out of them and say, one's Medad and one's Eldad. Because that way I can remember it. Eldad, me dad. It's like, whatever. But here we have, here's, here's Moses who's doing his thing for God. He, another person that he just couldn't speak very well. And then suddenly God called him, set a fire to a bush, said, Moses, Moses. I have no idea why. There was just Moses, a bush, God, and loads of sheep. So unless he called his sheep Moses, I have no idea who he thought the bush was talking to. It must have been him, right? But there's an important lesson is because he had a breakthrough and he heard the call of God personally, so can you and so can I. Amen. Come on, I'll just rewind that one. Because Moses was just doing his thing. He was actually running away from what he'd done. He was taking guilt and all kinds of things into what's called the back end of the world. Suddenly this cellulose tree just happened to catch fire, which can happen. I've seen that happen, but I've never heard one speak. And I've never heard one speak using my name. If you do, please video it, record it. You'll get £250 for that. <laughs> but Moses is also one of our patriarchs. Where God said, no, I can use even the worst of the worst. And I can turn their life around. And I'll call them by name. I'll call them by name and it will touch their life and change it forever. Don't you know that all of you are called by name. You're not called by number or called by age or bank balance. You're not called by um, ge geography. You're called by name. God called you by name. 
And here we find Moses just doing his thing and, and his father-in-law comes and says, right, we've got to sort this out because you're just working too hard, too hard, too hard. And says, right, God, God's going to reproduce this same kind of way that he speaks to you, the same way that you kind of follow God. God's going to reproduce that on Moses across loads of other people. And then we break into this story. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him and took some of the power of the spirit that was on him, this is Moses, and, and put it on 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, they spoke God's word. However, two men whose names were me dad and Eldad, they, didn't, they weren't even at the meeting. I don't know what they were doing, probably having a joke about, why do they call me me dad? I'm not a dad. Well, I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. All I know is that in God's economy, in God's principle, because they were part of the family of God, they were going to get it anyway. Because they were just connected to the purpose and the vision of the family of God. Which is, well, when we pray in a minute, if you're online now or watching it later, you're still going to get it. Because you're part of the family of God. And the call and the gift of God are irrevocable, but he doesn't want it back until it's finished. Till it's done. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and me, Dad, a prophesied, oh my gosh, they weren't even at the meeting, and look what's happening. <laughs> a young man ran and said to Moses, they're just prophesying. Joshua, son of Noah. Joshua was a good guy. He said, he was a bit stupid here, he said, stop them. See, Joshua knew what they were doing, but didn't realise why or how. He said, stop them. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them all. And there was a release at that moment for you and for me. Come on. These transitions through history are real events, but they all work to the principle of God. And we're in another change now. We're going to go into the New Testament now, in case you don't really like the Old Testament. I love it, because Jesus preached it. <laughs> Romans 8, verse 9 to 11 says this, again, another long scripture, but I just want you to get the season that we're in now. All right? You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit, if, indeed, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living, etc., etc., etc. In other words, there's an, only an if between you and me and seeing something new. Just an if. Guy came to Jesus one night and said, if you're willing, make me clean. Take the if out, me clean, boom. If my people will humble themselves and pray, take that if out, let's pray. If you've received Christ, you've received Christ. If you haven't, you can. Does that make sense? Because through history, through people pursuing God, taking hold of God's word, taking hold of God himself, releasing something in the spirit of God, it's helped you and me to decide, I want the Holy Spirit and I can have him. Over the last generations of church history, the last just 2,000 years just under, Jesus set the church on fire in Jerusalem and every nation came to see it burn. That night, when he said, go, go up to that room and just wait for the Father to send the gift. But where was that gift promised from? Before you were born, before I was born, before Jesus was born on earth, it was released. But what happened on that night? Two things. The whirlwind came. Oh my gosh, Elijah had that. Woohoo! And then fire fell on all of them. Oh, hello. The great thing about being a Christian is that in the spirit of God, you get both the wind and the fire. Yes. Two of you said, hello, hooray. The rest of you are not sure. Some of you, it's like, you've got to be joking. 
But in this era, this season that we're in, as church, as Christians, in this nation and other nations, this is the time for the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit. To live, like Jesus says, that the people that are led by the Spirit are blown this way and that. Come on, because you don't really know where you're going to go next. But you just go out of obedience. It's the same Spirit that Jesus lived under is now available to you and to me. Not a different one, the same one. The same. The wind, the Spirit, the power and the glory in the Spirit. It's there, it's out, it's been released. The Bible says on all flesh, I'm going to give this. It's there. There's a dispensation, it's gone, it's there. Pouring out my Spirit today on the dry and thirsty ground. Today. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Don't, don't worry about not having it yesterday. Today. Today is the day of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the season. Don't put off one day my prince will come. The prince has come, riding on a donkey. Went into Jerusalem, died and rose. He has come. His name was Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you met him? Because he wants to meet with you. Let's just stand up, shall we? If you're at home, if you can, stand up because the Holy Spirit is about to come. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next few minutes and to be honest, don't really care. Just going to trust in the Holy Spirit, is that alright? Because in that Spirit is power, glory, love, mercy, righteousness, everything about God is in the Spirit of God. And I love it. But here we go, Matthew, it says, I baptise you with water, this is John the Baptist, he's a little bit like an Elijah but with better fashion sense. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, we need a bit more fire in our lives, don't we? I tell you, God has got loads of oil. He's just looking for wicks to burn. That one was lost. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. I pray right now, in this house, there is a filling of the Holy Spirit. I just pray in your house watching online, now or later, YouTube, whatever tube you're on, there is a filling. For Holy Spirit, we say, come and fill the house. Come and fill our personal houses. Come and fill our households. Come and fill our own lives. Come and fill our marriages. Come and fill our parenting. Right now, the Bible says, how much more? When you ask, when you get it. So let's get rid of some of the ifs. Don't doubt the word of God. This is your time. He's called you for such a time as this. Get rid of the if. Move any doubt. Yeah, this God's calling me right now. Come on, he's talking to you. He's talking to you on the telly. He's talking to you in the room. I've called you and chosen you for such a time as this one. You're in the right place, but are you full of the right power? You're in the right season, but are you full of the right fire? Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. How much more will he give than we ask or imagine? Come on, ask him. Ask him to make you a nation changer. Ask him to make you an entrepreneur. Ask him to make you a creative person. Ask him to make you a trailblazer wherever you live, that there is a mark of God upon you. Come on, let's make a bit of noise together. If you're at home, just ask. Just ask, how much more would he do than we ask or imagine? Man, I, I started my life cutting grass. It's like, God, I want to cut grass for nations. I want to preach and see you move to... In, just going to cut in. When I first started on the team 30, over 30 years ago, I cut the grass. But let me tell you this, right? I'm going to tell you this because it will help you, I hope. We've got six acres of ground over there and I know it all pretty intimately. <laughs> all right, I've dug it, I've cut it, I've fallen prostrate in it. But, but one day, just going back a little while, I, I just looked at that and Jesus said to me, do you know what? I said, what? He said, every single blade of grass is different. God, you've got to be joking me. But it's true. But we call it grass. We don't call it, there's a load of blazer grass. We call it grass, but they're made up of blazer grass. And every blade of grass is made up of stem and little... What, what's the point of that? Is that God doesn't just see you as one little blade of grass, trying to do the best you can. But we're part of a field. You're part of a field and there's safety and security and comfort in that. There's the corporate dynamic of God in that. So, when, so, so even if you don't feel like asking right now, 
just receive it through the people that are around you. It's a bit of a cop-out, I know, but God isn't, God, God isn't bothered. He just wants to come upon our lives afresh right now, here and at home. So come on, just ask for a few minutes. Don't just be a blade of grass wavering about. Be, be fulfilled. Be the lawn. Be the orchard. Be the collective. You're part of something bigger than you. You're part of something bigger than you. Come on, just go on asking. And as you believe, yeah, okay, God, you said ask. And when you said ask, I'm going to get it. So thank you that you're giving me the Holy Spirit. Fire is coming upon me. There's some wind stirring up the inside of my life in a fresh way. I'm not going to get stagnant. I'm just going to get revived on the inside. Come on, thank him for that. 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 And then just receive it. You might not feel anything. Thousands of times I've felt nothing. But I've always said, right, I'm going to be different from now. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to live as a floppy blade of grass. I'm going to live as part of a lawn. I'm going to live as something with purpose and destiny. Because you and I are in a season of wind and fire now. Come on, you and I are in a season where God's glory is going to be seen. Where you and I will see the glory, the goodness of God in the land that we're living in. You on the screen at home, come on, just, just rise on the inside. Just let something happen on the inside. Hallelujah. As we just praise him and worship him together in a moment. That God is calling deep to deep right now. Don't go quiet in the room. Don't go quiet at home. Just keep releasing. Keep releasing to you run out of good words. And then God will give you some new ones. God wants to bring a prophetic utterance out of your mouth. You might say, well, I'm not a prophet. I'm not saying you are. But God does want to talk to you and he does want to talk through you. He wants to talk through you tomorrow and Tuesday and at school and at home. He wants you to speak over your marriage and speak over your single life and all your friends, whoever. Come on, keep talking, just keep asking, keep thanking, keep receiving right now. At home, just keep asking, keep thanking, keep receiving right now. Oh, how much more? It's going to be quiet in the room. Just keep asking, keep thanking, keep receiving. Don't rely on the band, okay? The band are doing the same thing. They just happen to have an instrument, that's all. Just keep asking, keep believing, keep receiving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now that you're moving in this place. You're filling the house. You're filling our lives afresh. We thank you. Oh, God, these are like times of Elijah and Elisha all put together because we want to live for Jesus today. Oh, we want to thank you for the spirit of wisdom and of power coming upon us as a church. We want to thank you for the spirit of revelation and understanding coming upon us as a people today. We want to thank you that you pour out your grace of the Holy Spirit upon us today. Upon us today, upon us today. Spirit of faith and of power and of love and of a sound mind, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Come on, this is in the Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit. He comes with wind and fire to come and change our lives and to move us, to move through us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 This is going to stir you up for the rest of your lives, right? Because we're living out of a succession of people that have encountered God. I want to pull on those encounters. I may not have had them personally, but I can live as though I have. But here's a practical thing for you. When you get home, do, again, I do this. I'm only, I'm only getting you to do what I do every day. It's like I look at a mirror and I refuse to live out of the person that I see looking at me. And I'm going to live like Jesus. Somehow. God's going to help me. I'm not, that's not me. That was me. I'm not that weak, rubbish, failure of a person that gets it wrong half the time and has to deal with fear all the time. No, I'm that person that God says I am. So the mirror test is a good one. It's a good one, right? I don't mean you're sitting there doing... That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about is when you look at, when, when you look at your mirror, who do you see looking back at you? Jesus died for you. He lives in you. If you're a Christian, he lives in you. <laughs> if you're not a Christian, he wants to live in you. And to live and move and have his being, he wants to. He loves you. He loves you so much, he wants to come and live with you. And then the next thing I do is, right, I'm going I'm to make a difference. I'm not going to respond how I used to. I'm not going to react like I used to. 
Just put our hands up, shall we? If you're at home, please do this as well because there's something corporate that's happening here. Father, I want to thank you right now for anybody in this room, anybody online, that maybe they don't know who Jesus is. That he is God. He is Saviour. That he came as a man and dwelt amongst men so that we could have a glimpse of who God was really like. That he went to a cross and he died there not for himself but for ourselves. And then he was buried in a tomb that wasn't his tomb, it was somebody else's tomb. But man, he he didn't stay there. (laughs) Because the power of God raised him up. The power of God was greater than the power of death. And as he arose, he broke every power that tries to steal, kill and destroy. He broke it, he smashed it to smithereens. And then he went up to heaven and then he sent the Holy Spirit back to us. Right now, I want to thank you. If anybody in this room, you don't know Jesus personally as friend, then you can do that. Come and speak to me or to Sharon who led the service through or Colin. If you're online and you want to know more about Jesus, there's, there's a tag up there. Just click it. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you. But Holy Spirit, right now as we have our hands raised, we're like vessels receiving out of your goodness, out of your best right now. I thank you right now for the Holy Spirit coming upon marriages and homes, restoring. You feel how the atmosphere's changed? You feel that? I pray that it's changed wherever you're watching from. It's the, 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 the climate's changed. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come and have your way, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.